The Daily Perspective is recorded live on stereo. All guests are selected at random and the conversation is never scripted. Guests are never censored, so parental guidance is advised. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe. I was born for his service. He filled me with purpose. Take your time while you worship him. I'm unplugged from the matrix. Believe without seeing, I'm plugged into the matrix. The Daily Perspective. Welcome to the Daily Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Daily. And I want to welcome you back. I know I've been missing for like two weeks. My bad. Uh, but I needed some space. I needed some time. Um, you know, I think that's life. We get to points where we need just some time to concentrate on our own energy to... Um, inject some life back into ourselves and that's what I was doing I was taking a break and I was refocusing my mind and getting my energy right because my energy was off I did not feel like doing the daily perspective over those couple of weeks it just wasn't in me to do and I didn't want to come to I didn't want to come on here and give you that negative energy I didn't want to come on here and sound downbeat I didn't want to come on here and just not really give you my all. So guess what? I didn't come on at all. It's just what it is. But I'm back. I'm back. And I want to shout out everyone that's listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Breaker, Pocket Casts, uh, SoundCloud, uh, audible wherever you are listening to this from i want to shout you out so big up yourself um go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your favorite streaming platforms i appreciate it thank you very much and um this week this week i am on i am on i, I was on stereo should i say i was on stereo i had a conversation um which was it so the conversation was supposed to be about um do babies make or break relationships and it did start off that way it did start off talking about do babies make or break relationships but it it flowed nicely into a conversation about um is it hard to be a black man right now so we kind of covered off two things on that in this conversation. We started off talking about um, do babies make or break relationships, and then myself and my co-host Kishon Oliver, um, who is a young man from New Jersey, he's a game designer, um, and you'll hear more about that in the conversation. But we decided to talk about we we started talking about um, just life as a black man in this society so that's what i've got in store for you that's what's coming up um dive into it listen to that um check it out and if you are enjoying my podcast or you like the way my podcast sounds you like the way my podcast sounds (laughs) i don't know why i did that anyway man i'm just being stupid um yeah, if you like the way that this sounds, you will need to get yourself a copy of Reason. And if you want to get yourself a copy of Reason, you can click the link in the show notes and it will take you to Reason's website. 
and you can cop yourself a copy of um, Reason and sound just like me. But no, for real, they are doing a promotion right now and they have a product called Reason Plus, which is a subscription base. Rather than having to shell out the full, uh, I think it's about 450 bucks now for a copy of Reason. Uh, they have moved to a subscription base um, called Reason Plus. So you can sign up for for Reason Plus and you can get, um, you know, you can start to use Reason and dive into creating music, um, creating podcasts like I do. I also create music, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a podcast right now. But you get a full studio set up on your laptop. Yes, that is right. You get access to premium quality um, effects. You get access to all the studio quality, uh, a, a studio quality mixer right on your desktop. You get full studio quality compression, equalizing, um, mastering effects compression everything you need is available within reason so get over to reason and uh sign yourself up it is so easy to use it is so fun to use there are tons of tutorials on um youtube and if you ever need some help hit, hit, just hit your boy up uh, I'm, I'm i'm here i can hook you up I'll, I'll tell you how to do a thing or two um but yeah, let's let's dive into this show. As I said, my my co-host was a guy by the name of Keyshawn Oliver, and we had a good talk. So I will catch you on the other side. Enjoy. So we are waiting on a co-host. But today's show is Do Babies Make or Break Relationships? You are tuned in to the Daily Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daily. I want to thank you for joining me. You are appreciated. And um, whilst we don't have anyone on, on uh, whilst I'm waiting for my other co-host, I'm going to open it up. So if anyone wants to come up, they can. So while we wait, if you do want to come up and talk, be my guest the stage is open because I want to hear what people have to say do babies make or break relationships who we got Let's uh, have Keyshawn, Keyshawn, Keydog, let's just call him Keydog. Hey, how we doing, my man? 
situation where a couple are not doing too good and they have a baby and suddenly it transforms their whole relationship and it's like a whole new thing so what do you think do babies make or break relationships what's your view i feel that babies do break a relationship depending on what's going on in that relationship you know there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it you know you can have yeah person you have the male and female do like a girl girl likes to do but then do slowly you know dissipates from the woman and then the woman in her mind she's like oh i need to keep this man i gotta do whatever i can and you know girl has a baby really but then the girl doesn't realize is that the dude didn't want a kid you know she puts it in this position where it's like it's very unfair to her you know what i mean so like instead of it being like, oh my gosh, we're going to be together, his mind is like, yo, I'm slowly starting to hate and resent you because you put me in this position that I never wanted to be in. You know, right? It's all, it's all, it's all different. You know, so I'm like, it, it, it can all, it can all vary But me being someone that, you know, like I, I almost was put in that situation, thinking out I wasn't. But like, it's, it's, it, it's. It's horrible, you know, like, really, like, you fuck up someone else's life because of how selfish you are. And, and it can go both ways, you know, the dude gets a girl I'm pregnant, and he can mess her life. And, like, it's just, yeah. I think it's selfish, you know? Like, if you want to have a baby with someone, it's someone you love, cherish, and you have a really heart-to-heart with. Don't have a baby with someone just to keep them because it's never going to work out. Because that love that you are love is slowly turning to hate every second. And you're going you're gonna to become the statistic of the crazy baby mama or the crazy baby dad that like <laughs> couldn't get what yeah, that yeah. wanted you know that, that's, yeah, that's, how, that's how I look at it but what, what if what if so I think I get what you're saying because if the man was, if the man or the woman was never ready to be a parent mm-hmm. um, being forced into that situation kind of creates resentment but is there a possibility that you could you know you could be hating the whole idea, but then as soon as you see that baby's face, you're like, man, I love this kid. Oh, yeah. And I'll do, I'll, I'll do whatever to, to, you know, to, to make this. Now, let me, let me, actually, let me, let me correct that statement because it's going to sound like I'm saying it's okay for people to have a baby to, to, to sustain a relationship. I completely agree with you. Do not have a baby make a relationship work now if you were in a relationship and it's rocky and you happen to have a baby 
um, because, you know, the circumstances, a little, a little too much to drink, you know, blame it on the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, but, you know, something happens and, and you end up with a baby. That's different. Oh, but yeah. don't go out there with the intention to have a baby to fix the relationship. I, I think that's a very dangerous move because if it doesn't work out, then you've got this baby that's in this atmosphere with two people that, like you said, resent each other. So that, that, that's crazy. And it's crazy that people do people do think that way because they feel that I have... It's like a, it's a toxic trait too. It's like a, this sense of, oh, I have this person in my clutches. You know, like, we like... Because what with me, me personally, how I think, once you have a child with someone, you are bonded to that person for life. I don't care what you say. Oh, for real. That person, no matter, you can say, oh, I'm going to get divorced. I'm going to see you again. But the end of the day is you brought life into the world with this person. So you're not really, like, away from them. You know, you can't just disappear. That person's there forever. Like, yeah. I, I don't care what you say or think. That, that's a fact, period. So, like, you got, you just got to be careful who you lay with but um, but yeah, going back on what you said earlier, um, yeah, like it all depends. Like if you have a child with person, and like even though you don't like that person, but you have this baby, see this baby, you're like, oh, this is my child. Personally, me, I'm just going, I'm gonna do whatever I can to like make my child's life better than I have. You know, like yeah, I'm with the girl, but like that child's my main mind. You know, like that's I'm yeah, take yeah, I do whatever I can. Like I, you know, like I'll have some compromise with the girl, but the child's my, you know, priority. I don't agree with that. I think that that's the way that's the way to do it. I, I think there are so many people that spend so much energy to try and restore or repair toxic relationships. And what I mean by that is you have to be willing. So if it's if it's a toxic relationship, if you are constantly attacking or tearing down or pulling down each other. There is no saving that because there is no respect. There is tr- there is clearly no love in that relationship, and you're clearly bad for each other. So bringing some bringing life into that environment is a no-no. Sp- expending so much energy to make each other stay with each other and stay miserable is dumb. I, and I. You know, so I'm a I'm a man of faith. I'm a I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. That's that's my foundation. But and you know, you hear a lot of Christians saying they don't believe in divorce and all of that stuff. And for the most part, I can understand that. But I don't believe in staying together in a toxic relationship. I don't believe in staying together in an abusive relationship. I don't believe in staying together just for the sake of the children. These are things, in my opinion, that are damaging. And your responsibility, as and you know, if I take it from a Christian perspective, your responsibility is to spread love. It's it's about love. It says God is love. So if we want, if we want to be Christ-like, we should be love. Now, why? How is it? How can we bring love into a toxic situation? You know, by perpetuating a toxic situation. I think. One of the best ways to bring love of situation. And I recommend this to everybody. Also, I'm a fan of Kevin Samuels, so I recommend therapy. You know, it's always good to talk. You know, you can't have 
talk. You have to use your mouth. You have to open up. You know, if you can't talk to me, go to a therapist. You know, that's how I look at it. Because if you just sitting there and you holding in all that hate, all that grudge, and then you stay and start doing things that you never, that you start doing things that you never thought you ever do or say aloud. Because you have so much hate and resentment for this person, for that person good to you, or for child this person, I don't even like them. Uh, and you start doing all these craziness things. You need to, you need to talk. You need to open up. Yeah. Right? So yeah. a couple therapy or you need to therapy yourself. And you need to see what the root of the problem is. You understand? Like there's yeah. no there's no getting good people with just, you know, being toxic and angry and yelling and shouting and fighting. Cause that is just gonna be a broken home that's gonna continue to be broken. And then imagine having a child there too. And the child sees all this and so later when that child goes up, the child's gonna see that hate. And then that cycle of like toxicity is just gonna keep circling through from your child to bring it to somebody else and so on and so forth. So like, yeah. you need to talk. You need to open up. Like it's you know you need you can't put it in your mouth all the time. You know, communication is key in any relationship. That's the best way to fix something is the best way to do it. Uh, that's that's my personal opinion. Bro, say that again. <laughs> say that again and like, say it right. Communication talk. <laughs> communication is key to everything. Alright? Communication is key. You need to talk. Open uh, a closed mouth will not be fed. Say how you feel, why you feel this way, how you feel this way, and what can we do to make it better. Yeah. I am one hundred percent in agreement with that. I think that is um rather than rushing to 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 uh, lay up in the bed and make the baby. Rush to the therapist. Yes, rush to the therapist. Rush to the therapist. Rush to someone you can, you know, I think. Open. Let's, let, me, let, me, let, me be, let me be honest. And so, from my perspective, from what I see, especially um, in the black community, black men, yes. we shy away from vulnerability or we run from vulnerability we don't want to make ourselves um, vulnerable to our partners, we don't want to make ourselves available to them um, 100% emotionally so we do everything to push them away and, and then we say oh black women are crazy or we say oh women are crazy or, or whatever it is oh, oh she's she, she a crazy baby mama or whatever um, when she was just crying out to, to understand what was going on in your head, and that can that can that can happen, um, you know, the reverse can happen too. The, the reverse can happen too. So pe- people should never um, people should never think that it's just. Oh, hold on. Oh, here we go. Uh, give me a second. I'm, I'm just trying to sort out this. Trying to. Oh man, what have I done to this? <laughs> What's going on? Sayuri, hey. uh, so, so Sayuri is trying to join, and I can see I tried to dial her in, and it tried to get me to add her, and she joined as a co-host, and oh. it just went, it just went absolutely wrong. So I'm gonna wait. She might, she might try again. Let's see what happens. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as that meant, we, we shy away from conversation, we shy away from vulnerability. And then we wonder why we struggle to build lasting homes. 
But well, even if we do build love, it, even if we do have homes where with both parents in, we wonder why why there was so much anger and um, animosity and um, lack of progress in the home because the two parents or the two people in this home do not know how to communicate. How do you build? You know, we talk about legacy. A lot of black people now, we, we you know, we, we recognize that we need to build legacy. But how do you build legacy when you are not willing to... Um, how do you build legacy when you're not willing to communicate? That's a very, very good question. Um, yeah, being, like I said, being black myself, um, thank God, I, I, it's a blessing, because I grew up in a two-parent household. I had to love my mom and my father, like talking to life, I, I'm happy to be the upstanding man I am right now. But uh, yeah, it's to really bring that to the legacy. It is. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You didn't give me that. It's hard. Because like, it is. But, but I it think you, you answered it though. You answered it by saying it's communication. Because if you don't talk about what you both want, then you don't. You have no direction. And like that, what you said earlier, like us as black men, we we always been like always been taught like you know no don't show no fear, don't cry, don't you know you're a man, stand up. And then when we get older, and then we meet someone we love, and that person's like, why are you so like this? Why are you like this? Why don't you open up? And it's that programming as a child that's still with you as a man because you've been taught, oh, don't cry, don't you know, don't you know. You know about your feelings. Like, the black man develops I don't care about you persona when reality is never like that. You know, yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. I think um, I've talked about that in the past, but yeah, it's, we wonder, we complain that um, we complain about the aggression between black men. We, you know, how aggressive we are towards each other. We complain about uh, how there's a lack of, of connection in our community. But we grow up teaching our black men, oh, if someone, you know, if, don't take no crap from no one. Don't let no one talk to you. Don't, don't be no punk. All, yeah. all of that stuff. So we teach them never to be able to communicate or express their issues verbally. So the only way they know how to release that pent up frustration and uh, all of that aggression, aggression, aggression. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, like don't take shit from nobody. That's what they yeah. Never, it's always don't take shit from nobody. It's never talk about it, think about it. Let's think before you do it. Oh, it's this is that you don't back down. It's, you know, it's not about backing down. It's about thinking about what. What you gonna say next? You know you don't want to like yeah. you never you never want to come off with aggressive aggressive response because that aggression is never the answer. You know because it can lead to a whole other pathways that you don't expect to go. Right, and and, and you don't know whether the person that, that you you facing is you know their level of not being a punk might might exceed your level of not being uh-huh. a punk. Yeah, that, that, like, they may not care if this person really cares. So. Yeah, exactly. They, they they ready to go to jail. So, exactly. So who, who's going to be your asshole? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's it. And you know, we we 
wonder why other communities look at us and and don't, you know, I want to acknowledge. Yeah, they don't want to acknowledge. They don't want. Thank you. They don't want to do business with us. They don't want to. They don't give us the. Res- they don't respect mm-hmm. us. They don't see. The they don't think. They don't think that we can have a conversation with them. They don't think we can talk it out. That's that, that's it. Like they don't think we can talk. They don't think we can have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And you know, I I've experienced it in the workplace. I've experienced it in um, you know when I was employed and working for someone. I work for myself now. <laughs> you can't build legacy if you if you if you're trapped and working yeah, for someone else. So, um, but when I was in the workplace, I had people, and this is how you know there's a lack of respect for us as black men. I had people. I was going to get a coffee with a colleague who also happened to be black. And a comment was made by my then boss, a white lady, who said, oh, uh, I see you, I see you going around with, with your gang. Yeah, wow. So two, two, black, two black men going to, to get a coffee in their eyes was a gang. But it's funny because that's how we talk about but that's how she had been programmed. So in her eyes, although we were in business suits and whatever, she saw she saw gangbangers. She saw typical baggy jeans, whatever. She didn't know what people were wearing. She saw what she wanted to see. But how do we how do we change that? If we respond to these sorts of things with aggression, how do we change that? If we respond to any conflict with aggression, we have to show them and we have to show people that actually your perception of me is 100% wrong because I know how to communicate and how to resolve things diplomatically and with my words. I don't need to raise my voice. I don't need to get angry. It's funny how if we raise our voice and, and maybe this is something we should we should challenge because if we raise our voice as black men we're seen as aggression. If it's if a, a white man raises his voice, it's seen as passion. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so it, it's, it's it's crazy, man. Us as black men, the, the problem with them, most of them, is when we raise our voice, all they think is that we're yelling. But when we raise our voice, you need to hear what we're saying when we raise our voice. Yeah. I mean, you can't just, you can't just look at it as like, oh he's yelling. You gotta hear what he's saying. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's oof. And then I, I I guess when it comes to the white white race, they're so used to that. The white man raising his voice is like speaking speaking his mind. But when the black man is uh, speaking his mind, we're seen as like oh a thug, a monster. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He just wants it's like violence. And like, but no, it's not. It's not. That's not the case. We're all human. We all, like, it, it, it's frustrating, you know? As a black yeah. man living in this country, it's full of nothing but hate, and we're just trying to live and have equal rights just like everybody else. Yeah. It's crazy. Oof. So, we, oh, but, um, we have like, it, it seems we have like five messages. Oof. Oh, we got five messages. Let's roll the messages, and then I'll come back with uh, what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, 
I can't really hear you with that music in the background, but I am trying to. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, we can cut the music. We'll cut the music. Um, yeah. Babies make or break a relationship? They can do both. They could enhance a relationship if it's a real relationship, which constitutes love and respect. Oh, that's beautiful. You have a child together. And if it's some sneaky trifle shit, like a guy trying to hold a girl down and he wants to lock her down, she's going to grow tired of him and it's not based on love. So they could do both. I agree. Okay, thanks. To answer your question, two babies make or break a relationship. Well, it depends. If it's mine, <laughs> she might have cheated. LOL. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe you went there. I apologize. I really meant to. Um, I apologize. Uh, hello to the panel. I apologize. I meant to message you. I ended up working. 17 hours and I've been up for like 18 and passed out for the way just waking up. Mm-hmm. Oh, no worries, Sayuri. We can always catch up another time, girl. Yeah, what's going on? What's really, really good? Yeah, baby's cool, but uh, yeah, that's cool. Okay. When it comes to 34 year old Keyshawn, Mr. Daly. You are not the father. I'm dead. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm 23. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Let me cut. Let 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 me cut the music and then uh, make sure. Okay, cool. So <laughs> I, I kind of like the music. It's a shame you can't turn the volume down. But um, yeah, I like it. It's, it was vibing. It was, it was really, yeah. Really <laughs> yes. So we got so in the UK we got a guy that started an organization. Black guy started an organization called Fifty Six Black Men. Um, mm-hmm. People, anyone that's interested, check it out. And um, it's kind of you know that kind of um, similar to when in in the US after Trayvon Martin was murdered, mm-hmm. everyone put on the hoodies and and was like, well, what do you see? And that's kind of the same concept that, that started 56 Black Men. I think it might have started around a similar time. And he takes real prominent, successful Black men and he puts them in hoodies and then he gets them to speak their message. And, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a CEO of this company or I'm a p- politician and whatever. So trying to break that, social, that unconscious bias of what people see when they see Black men because... Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. It's funny. I'll, I'll come back. There's another story I was going to bring up, but let me let me finish this one. But um, so he was this apparent. I think it was a couple of days ago or over the weekend. He went to buy some luggage, walks mm-hmm. out of the store, and security run up on him, and they basically start trying to tackle him to the ground, accusing him of stealing goods. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yo, what you what are you doing? Let go of me!" Turns into this big hoo-ha and they they're hurling insults at him and he's basically saying i've got my receipt let go of me i don't need to show you any proof because i know i purchased these items you are not gonna force me and embarrass me and make me bring out proof of something that i i purchased just to satisfy whatever you want to satisfy 
and it turns into this big thing. And then um, what they didn't realize, they didn't know who he was. So um, the guy, the security guy radios, keeps radioing into the store. And then the people in the store were like, oh, no, he paid. He paid for that stuff. So um, as soon as they heard that he paid for it, they just they let go and try and walk off. And no apology, no, you know, no forgive us, it was a mistake or anything like that. So he's, he's mad. He's mad. He's like, this is how black men get killed. This is, this is the same. This is how the whole George Floyd thing started. Mm-hmm. Someone calling over a $20 bill and a black man ended up dead. Now you are trying to harass me over luggage that is legally mine because I purchased it and paid for it. Yet you want to attack me. He goes, I've had incidents with people with their knees on my back and on my neck. I'm not going through that again. Um, Mm -hmm. Luckily, he had all of this on film. Um, But, you know, when you watch the exchange, the level of disrespect, the the way the people were so dismissive of him, um, even when he asked to speak to the general manager of of the mall, um, they brought a duty manager. And he's like, I didn't ask for a duty manager. I asked for the, the general manager. And, um, and the guy was like, well, you're not going to see the, du- the general manager. And if, if that's not good enough for you, then too bad you don't speak to anyone. And I'm mm. like, you've just, you've just assaulted a man. You physically assaulted a man. You're, you're, the people in your, in your mall have physically assaulted a, a man. You have... Um, accused him of something without any proof. So you have slandered him as well because you're accusing him of something that he didn't do with no proof. And yet you are willing to just be dismissive of the situation. And I was, I was like, this is why we are so triggered all the time. Because I've got a 15, I've got a 15 year old, 15-year-old daughter, 12-year-old daughter, and a, and a two-year-old. Now, when my 15-year-old and my, and my 12-year-old go out to the store, my heart beats at 100 miles a minute till they get home because I am not sure what they are going to experience whilst they're out at the store. I don't know if I'm going to get a phone call from them to say, we're being accused of stealing. And because I've taken them to the store and they're with us and security are following them around thinking that they're on their own. Mm. And then when they see me, they suddenly back off. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, we got, let's, let's, let's bring uh, Cara to the stage. Hey. Hey, hey, Cara. Oh man. Okay. I thought someone else was trying to join, but that's cool. But yeah, I, I don't know what they are going to experience. I don't know what they are going to face when they go out to the store. Now, should, I don't believe, I don't believe that white fathers have to worry about that. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. It's, it's very, it's, it's horror. It's, it's very like, I'm, I'm sure any, any father or mother would be scared to let their child like go out there and without them, like, you know, without their supervision, but especially in the case of black people, it's mm. more frightening because we know that, Anything can happen to us, and it can be completely swiped under the rug. Like every time when I'm driving, and, and and I get pulled over, it could be for like you know a traffic signal or anything. 
my heart will always pump like you know like so fast yeah hands will be on the dashboard wallet and keys up there like he could just be up there like hey or it could be expired like whatever but at the end of the day i know that me being a black man in this car and him being a white police officer anything can happen you know that that's yeah. like my 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 mindset like i want to be i'm gonna be as careful as i can with him i'm gonna say yes sir no sir you know i like my life is on the line it's just just yeah. just look on my skin I remember being pulled over and, and being asked by the police officer how I could afford the car that I was in. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that was wild to me. That was, that was like, what, what has that got to do with anything? How, why do you, would you ask, an, would you ask a white man again? And, and look, this isn't, I don't have any, and people always get this mistaken. I have nothing against white people. I don't, I don't care. Look, be you, do you enjoy life, live, flourish. I think everyone on this planet should live and flourish and live in peace and in harmony. That's what I would, that's what I want. Unfortunately, people don't want that for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. And that's why you constantly throw these microaggressions at us and you come at us with these things that, you would never say to anyone else. Mm -hmm. but you and feel it's crazy. But you no, feel go ahead, go ahead. But you feel comfortable saying it to us because the history of like black people being violent or stealing or stuff like that, you, you feel like, oh, any random, any white person, any about race would do this, but you, oh, I know for a fact you would have, you would have did this. One of my, yeah. um, one of my, uh, I listened to a guy named Mick Jenkins. Like I love his music. And he has a song called Carefree. And one of the like lines in the in his song was that um, was um, pull pulled me over about my whip, asked me like how'd you get it, bitch I bought it, took my ticket for the tents. Now that might not seem too intense, but and the, the day you know cop pulled him over like oh thinking he stole a car and then gave him a ticket for tents. But reality we know you know we know why you really you truly pulled him over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, got another message. Hey. All right, you play. I'm, I'm just changing the title. I'm changing the topic. The title is Do Babies Make or Break a Relationship? <laughs> uh, me personally, they do not break a relationship. Like, they just don't because a lot of people, at the end of the day, the woman is stuck with the child at the end of the day. She's stuck with the child. So, either going to find out he want the kid or he don't. But at the exact same time, guess what? You could have got yourself fucking cut. You should know your uh, your fucking stroke pattern. So, just like you hold a woman accountable and you don't want no babies, you should have strapped the fuck up, made an effort to strap the fuck up. And you should know when your fucking dick is going to hiccup if you don't want kids. So, when I see, especially in celebrities, he got mad because she got pregnant again. Bro, uh, what what she do? Jump on your dick while you asleep? I'm just saying, only way a baby can make and break a relationship if it's used as a pond. That part. Oh, that's that 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 is that is real talk. That's a valid point. That's mm -hmm. a valid point. People use babies as weapons. Mm-hmm. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why people use them in a divorce. Oh Your Honor, look at the baby. Look at mm -hmm. the baby. <laughs> <laughs> look at the baby. Uh -oh. 
He's got it. his eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's the daddy. I know it's the daddy. I don't care who it is. That's the daddy. Oh man, you know what? I used to um when I when I was when I I used to watch Maury. I used to be late for work because I was watching yes. Maury. <laughs> like, Love you know, it. Um, especially the ones where it's like, who's the daddy? And it, I'm mad because look, 95% of those episodes were black folk. And it, oh, was, yeah. <laughs> it was always embarrassing. Yes. yes. But it was, I was like, how are you going to... There was one chick that I watched that she brought out a hundred dudes. Oh, no, nah, that's insane. That, no, no, no. How never. do you sleep with a hundred dudes? And I remember them all at that. Like... <laughs> Dude, I think they did it over so many episodes. It was going on for so long. I was like, how many, how many, look, that's like, what, even, even in a month. Okay, let's call it in a month. Yeah. Oh, that's that's <laughs> free a night or 3.5 oh, a night. <laughs> man. Like a, oh, ugh. every day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> having men just running in and crib three times a day? Oh, no. That's. <laughs> function like just go to work wake up do it go to work do it go to sleep do it and then like start the whole cycle all over again every single day yeah i was that, like that's, that's crazy that is insane i can't that's look crazy no no dude listen if that was me if she brought me out on stage oh, my God. uh i would have been like wait wait a minute you you mean you mean i was the i was the 99th uh, 100th person that ran through Oh my god! In a month? In a month? In a month? Oh no! And I gotta be on this show because I'm potentially the daddy. No, no. You be up there praying it's not you. Oh my god! I'm like, oh my god! This woman put me on national live TV with 99 <laughs> other people. Oh my god! Praying it's not you. Like, oh, please don't let it be me. Please don't let it be me. Uh, I would be. Shitting in my drawers, like wow! I didn't know she lived <laughs> like this. <laughs> she is for the streets. <laughs> oh, she's for the country. Oh God, help! <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see what this guy up Hey guys, uh, good talk. Hey, uh, so what would you say is the biggest challenge facing black men today? Oh, oh yeah. Mm. It's a. It's a. Okay. There's a number of layers to it. Mm-hmm. You can't sum it up as one single challenge. Um, first and foremost, I think, um, forget all the bravado, forget all the fake macho BS that you see. A lot of men are not men. A lot of black mm-hmm. men are not men. And what I mean by that is that they have been emasculated by society. By society. When you take away a man's ability to provide or you make it difficult for him to provide and you um, constantly, how do I put it? Demean and belittle him. Harassing, destroying his lifestyle. Exactly. Uh Exactly. Ghetto, the slums. Like if you put, if you put a man in, you know, let's say you put a man in the middle of the jungle, you know, and all you give him is like, is, you, know, you give him is like two seashells and a stick. You think he's going to survive long? 
No, you going mm. you put them if you put them in the jungle with well, a survival kit, you know, some uh, you know, the med- medical 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 stuff like knives, like fire and all stuff. He's gonna survive in the jungle. If you put like like like, like put a black man in the ghetto, you know, no like no help, no support, uh, bad resume, police over there harassing him. He's not gonna. It's not going to function, you know. Like a man can't yeah. really be a man if you put him in a in a in an area where he can't function. Yeah, um, I think the other part of the problem is that um, what, part of that emasculation is that we've um, what that's led to is that men do not black men do not get to occupy the position that they should occupy in their mm-hmm. families and their homes as well because they are either they I've, they're either locked up or um, never present that the home becomes a matriarchy rather than a patriarchy. So the man ends up losing his position to um, the female in the home. And the female was never designed to lead the home. Mm -mm. She was, she was designed to be a supporter in the home. A caregiver. And we're in a position now where our black women tend to be more educated than, than the black men because Mm -hmm. they um, because they are seen as less threatening and less, less, yeah, just that's, that's it. Simply put, they are seen as less of a threat. Mm-hmm. So there are less barriers in front of them. That's not to say there aren't barriers in, um, there for, for black women. There, there are barriers for black women as well, oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. they are seen as less of a threat than the black man. So it's easier for them to progress. It's easier for them to, um, to break out of the cycles, but that then gets lauded over the black man because, you know, when a woman starts to take on, take on the responsibilities that he should have, she joins in in the emasculation of the man. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and that's that when it comes. Yeah. Oh, my fault for cutting you. But that's no, when, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's when, like, that masculinity starts to grow on to, like, the female. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. she starts, you know, looking at the man like, oh, why am I doing all this and you not, you know, providing for me, you know? Yeah. And that's when, like, the slow divide between the black man and the black woman starts to begin, you know? And then, yeah. that, like, and then, like, then we start to get that little stereotype like, oh, black men shouldn't be with black women and so on and so forth. And then, like, it just, it, that's, that's, that's like a whole different topic, you know? <laughs> Bro. You said it. That is a whole mm-hmm. different, whole different topic. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it like this. Over the over the I don't know how many years, but <laughs> there's been, been there's been there's, there's been a rise in um, this sudden desire of women to peg men. Mm-hmm. You, you think that that isn't adding to the that's that's like you right now. Rather than a, the woman being submissive to the man, that's like I'm gonna make you submit to me, mm-hmm. because rather than I'm gonna stick it to you and make you submit to me, so that's like further, you know, that further <laughs> in, in removing his masculinity and yeah. taking it away and 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 saying no, no, you're gonna be my bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like it, it, it's crazy. It's like not only do I make more money than you, now you're gonna take care of the kids, you're gonna do that and the third. And like personally, me personally, like listen. I'm all for, you know, women, you know, getting jobs, doing better and stuff like that. But at the same time, y'all have to understand that becoming that role of the provider, you have to stay providing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Some, yeah. I, I, I see a lot of women nowadays that like become the main provider and they get, and they get like a, a boyfriend or whatever, but they still want all their bills paid or they still want this, that, and the third. Like, oh, I may have more money, but you still need to be a provider as well. You know, that, that, that's, the, that's the, the matrix that I don't understand, you know? Yeah. You can't have your cake and eat it. That's, that's, <laughs> yes. that's a simple fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've always, I've had a conversation w- with people about this. I, I think b- as a man, before you decide to take a, like, take a wife or to share a home with a woman, mm-hmm. first and foremost, you need to be comfortable in a position to take care of yourself, number yeah. one. Thank you. Number two, you need to then be able to take care of someone so that it can never be lauded over you that mm-hmm. um, they make more money than you. Because you are, you, you are saying, listen, I can provide and take care of you. So if you wanted to go and have babies, we're good. I can still provide and take care of you and the babies. Not, not be in a position where if she has a baby, then you, you're worrying about how the bills are going to be paid. Mm-hmm. You're worrying about how things are going to... Um, how the car note is going to be paid, how the mortgage is going to be paid. Yeah. Mm. That means you weren't ready to step up to that responsibility and you shouldn't mm. have. And it sounds harsh. It sounds like a harsh thing to but say. But it's the But absolute... it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's That's, the truth. It's sad. Per- me, personally, I come from a... My whole, my whole household, my whole family, like generations, my whole family has always been built around the 50-50 like prerogative you feel me like everything's half and half feel me if we are together we're gonna do a half and half i have like i have my own apartment she has her own apartment let's say we move in together the rent we're gonna split a half and half it's 12 i'll give you 600 you put in 600 and the story car note 250 i give you 150 you give me 150 i believe half and half is like the best thing you can do in a relationship me personally and i i think some women see that as weakness you know they, they see it Bruh. as like if you can't if you can't provide for me then you're a weak man why should i have to pay with you too i'm like it's not about you know it's not about like who like going half half and i'm cheap it's more so the concept of saving money you know what i mean yeah. why should yeah. i have to pay all like we should just go half and half on this and we'll still have a little bit of disposable income on the side you know what i mean yeah. it makes life yeah. easier for both of us but i, I don't think people really like, like, especially us as black men, black women, they don't really like, really think like that. But people don't have the conversations. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. People don't have the conversations. Like, like you said, at the, right at the beginning, where the communication is key. When you have the communication up front and say, look, this is how I like to operate. Um, when, I got, when I first got married, me and my wife split everything 50-50. And we yeah. did up until the point where um, we had our first child. And then at that point, because we decided we did we didn't want to put our child in, in, in childcare, she decided we agreed that she would stay at home and I would take care of bringing bringing in the cash and, and providing for the family. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's been since since we had our first child. And until the kids are at a stage where they don't, you know, she they don't need that level of constant attention. Mm-hmm. That's how it will be. But once, once it gets to that stage, she's back to doing what she wants to do. And I will support her in any business aspiration that she has. Mm-hmm. And 
we will continue, you know, our, our relationship is built on constant communication. What do you want for the future? What are your dreams? How can I support you to achieve your dreams? Because she's been supporting me to achieve my dreams for, by, for the last, what, 16 years by Lost. being the caregiver, you know, yeah. by the caregiver, being the caregiver. She takes all that responsibility away from me. Not to say that I'm not involved with my children. I'm very involved. But the pressure of being, you know, I don't feel guilty when I have to um, have an overnight stay for a business meeting or I'm away for a few days on a business trip because I know that we made this agreement that she would take care of them. And then when I get back, we do the family thing. Mm -hmm. So it's that constant communication. It's that making and it, and it's also showing appreciation and gratitude yes. because a lot of men seem to think that because women take on the responsibility and vice versa for 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 the for men that are taking on the caregiving responsibility the women seem to think that well he because he's not earning no money that's what he's supposed to do you need to show the person appreciation for what they do it doesn't matter whether it's their natural gender role or, or, or what, mm -hmm. if you believe that that's their natural gender role. It doesn't matter. It's at the end of the day, they are sacrificing their dreams or sacrificing something to mm -hmm. be in that position. And you should be grateful that someone is willing to do that for you. And you should show your appre appreciation to them for, for that. And vice versa, they should show your their appreciation to you for being willing to be a mm. constant provider and doing whatever it takes to put food on the table mm. i just think communication is key to everything and it doesn't and it's not about throwing stuff in people's faces oh well i was with the baby all day yeah oh, i hate that so okay. that, that's, that's toxic that's so toxic it's yeah this... like, ugh. i'm mad it's like was that is so what they're not your baby? Oh my, yeah, I'm like, oh my, like, oh my god, I, I, ooh, like, oof, but, I hate that but, so but, fun. but, I will say this though, I will say this though, if you've been, if you've been at work all day and she's and he or she has been at home with the baby, the, you know, just knowing anyone that has a child knows how stressful oh, yeah. being at home with a child is. So when you walk through that door, you should be willing, no matter how hard your day has been, you should be willing to at least take that baby for a couple of hours so they can go and soak in the bath. They can go and feel like a normal human being for a little while. Mm -hmm. That's all they're asking for. They're not telling, telling you, they don't want to just give you the baby and disappear. They just want a break. Mm. And it should never be too hard to recognize that someone needs a break. Mm. So that's for me, that's, that's, that's the balance that we need to strike. People can't don't, I get it. Don't shout in someone's face. I've been at home with a baby all day, but also don't be ignorant to the fact that someone needs a break when they've been a caregiver all day long. Mm -hmm. No, you just, cause that person, like, I'm, like you've been working all day, but the person at home has been working with you. You know, you may have been like in the office, but that person's been taking care, but your spouse has been taking care of your child. So, you know, that yeah. it, it goes both ways. Like you've been stapling papers all day. I've been feeding. So like we both need a rest. So when you get home, yeah. just take them for a couple of hours. Let me take my little, little spot, my little bath, soak in, and I will get back to my duty. 
Yep. Honestly, I don't think that it's hard right now to be a black man at all. I don't think it's hard at all. Okay, uh, Smoke, elaborate on that because um, maybe we've seen different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm, a, I've been, I've been on this planet 42, 41 years, <laughs> and what I've seen over the last um, two, three years is that nothing has changed in the 41 years that I've been on this planet. Yeah. Nothing. I've seen, yeah, I mean, George Floyd, you know, that just happened. So I'm, I'm yeah. Sure. And, and what know. I mean, so what I mean by that, what I mean by that is this, I think for a very long, I think between the nineties and 2000 or no, let's call it late, late to early two thousands, up to about 20, 2018, 2019, before we started to have all the Black Lives Matter movements and all of these things, I think that be, things were just being swept under the rug. Yes. And people weren't saying what was going on. So it, it made it look as though the needle had moved. It mm-hmm. made it look as though the oppression, the racism, the unconscious bias, and all, those, all of those things were not as prevalent as they used to be. Mm-hmm. The reality yeah. of it was mm-hmm. very different. And it was once people got fed up of, oh, you know what, I'm tired of all this. I'm, ti- I'm not going to sweep this under the rug. I'm going to say something. And then the next, the other person said, you know what, I'm going to say something too. And that started a wave. We actually, you know, you pulled, you started to p- pull the curtain back and you see what, what you see all the skeletons in the closet that people have been hiding because that shit never went away. Mm-hmm. It was always there. It though. never went away. It was always there. It just, it was always there. It's just no one opened their mouth to it. That, yeah. that, it was always there. Just because you didn't, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not still going on. Yeah. You know, like so, that whole cover up with Tulsa, it still happened, but no one talked yeah. about it until like, you know, nowadays. And now they're talking about this thing in Georgia where like all these places that were like, you know, cover up. There was like some lake or river and it used to be, it used to be like a black neighborhood. And then, you know, Ku Klux Klan went and killed everybody in the neighborhood and buried it. And now people are talking about today, like, oh, this used to be a black neighborhood. And now, you know, and now, you know, people were us, the black, Black Lives Matter is starting to like see things that's been happening and opening up the whole country's eyes to what's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I still believe that the challenges are, are there for black men. Um, I don't care what anyone says. And I, that's why I want Smoke to, to, to elaborate on what, you know, on his opinion. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not here to say that I can't be wrong. I can't be proven wrong. But, man, at least make an effort to prove me wrong. Because I put it this way. When you when when as a black man, when you cannot walk into an opportunity being as equally qualified as your white counterpart mm-hmm. and secure or even being more qualified than your white counterpart and secure a job, something is still wrong. Mm-hmm. When you have to take the base out of your voice, when you speak to white people and you can't use your natural speaking voice, you have to use this really soft tone. Yeah. Something wild. is wrong. Something is wrong. It's, um, when you can't get investment or funding for your business idea, 
something is wrong. It's it says uh, there was a statistic that said um, there was a in a ten year period. And I think this is more. This is in the UK. Um, only in a ten year period, only thirty black businesses were invested in by angel investors mm. in a 10-year period. And now someone's going to come out there and say, oh, but that, maybe they didn't have any good ideas. That's bull. Uh, no, That's it's... bull. It's bull. It's because when you're in... Uh, so for anyone that's been in, that's in business or been in business and think knows about um, forming partnerships or... Um, joining the board of directors and or anything like that. When you are selecting someone or when you are choosing to invest in someone, you're not investing in the business idea a hundred percent. It's not, it's not just the business idea. You are investing in the individual. You are buying mm -hmm. into the individual because you believe yeah. that that person has what it takes to be successful. What mm -hmm. it means is that these angel investors were not willing to put their money into a black person mm -hmm. not that and there and if i'm sorry but if you if we to get to a point where your business is strong enough to um get in front of angel investors it means you're doing something right so clearly they have what it takes to operate a successful business so what is it that you see in them that you suddenly feel you cannot get behind Exactly. And I want to piggyback off of that. Um, I live I live in New Jersey. Um, I live in a, a mildly good neighborhood. But as I drive, I want to say like 30 minutes up north, like Cherry Hill. I live in Silicon Valley, like up Cherry Hill. There's a lot of big houses out there, a lot of big houses, one of those traditional neighborhoods. And I have friends out there, predominantly white. And everybody yeah. in the neighborhood is predominantly white. Yeah. I know a lot of I know a lot of good you know, black man owns like businesses. My uh stepfather owns a very respectable business. But um, you know, if he owns this respectable business, all this that and third, he has lots of money, why wasn't he able to live in one of those like neighborhoods? You know what I mean? Because he wasn't welcome. His his credit's good, you know, he has an upstanding record, he's never been in trouble. But when he applied to go on those houses, they said, No, we're gonna take this family over here. And when he asked why, mm -hmm. they said, oh, we just felt like they were, you know, a better fit for the neighborhood, really. And then mm -hmm. you go to a man with two, two kids. I'm like, okay, I understand what it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. When we, so we live in a predominantly white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and for the last, uh, I don't know how many years, I've lived in a predominantly white neighborhood Um most of the places that I've moved to, because I guess I've broken that barrier of being able to. Um, and let me let me be very clear. This isn't because I, I worked at a job and um, and and was promoted. I actually the reason I started to work for myself was because I was told that the only way that I would ever get promoted in um, I was so I was. You, I think, yeah, I think Barclays have a presence in, in the US, but I, mm -hmm. I worked for, for Barclays and I was told that the only way I would ever get past middle management was if I learned to kiss arse more. And I said, 
I'm not willing to do that. And they said, well, I guess you're never going to progress. And I was like, I guess I'll see you later. <laughs> so I left and I, I, and I went out on my own and I did my own thing. And that is how I progressed. That is how I made the money that allowed me to take two or three vacations a year to buy yeah. a house in a neighborhood where um, you didn't see many black people living. To put my kids in, a, in when, when I did put them in, in private school, um, I put them in a school that you wouldn't expect to see black kids in. But when I did that, what I realized was that <clears throat> I was putting them into environments where they weren't wanted and environments where they would not be supported in the way that I, that they needed to be. So mm. I did the smart thing and took my kids out of those environments and we decided to home educate our children. Mm-hmm. And we, we decided to focus on teaching them how to be entrepreneurs and how to, how to, build for themselves because no one is ever going to give to them mm-hmm. or no one is ever going let me not say give to them no one is ever going to allow them the opportunities that they deserve so they have to make their own way they have to make their own luck they have to, to open their own doors and i have to make sure that i continue to to push myself to be in a position when they need investment i can be the the, the father that can say hey Here's, here's 500,000, go do, go do you. Yeah. Here's this amount of money, go do you. Yeah. Never should they have to be dependent on handouts from anyone else because I've worked to create a situation that they can, I can be the investor and they, they don't owe anyone or have to give up, part of, give up equity in their business to, to get support and lose control over their business. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's... it's and that's the thing about most of our people in the community. We don't really know how to financially, you know, stabilize ourselves. You know, it's for like for because we're not taught. Yeah, we're not like forever. Like even in our school systems, we're not really even me. Like even this high school I went to. Um, don't get me wrong. Like you know, I like learn history and science, but I also like to know how to do my taxes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like that's that's like I I, I that's a life skill. Yes, that, I need an economic class so I know how to survive. Yes, thank you, science, for teaching me about a rock that grows in a volcano. But I would like to know what my 1040 and W like D20 is. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I thankfully my mom was an accountant, so she taught me this stuff. So I I know it. But I can't say the same for my neighbor or my best friend down the block or whatever. You know, like yeah. they might be they might be behind like 10, 5 years on their taxes. They don't even know it. Yep. Yep. And that, oh, that's another, that's another thing. That's another thing that, that they will come and get you for. And this is why I say, this is why I say it's not the same. It is, it is not equal. Um, believe, believe that if, um, if our white counterparts were falling behind on their taxes, oh they will be they will be notified that yes. they, they are behind. Yes. We, we, will not be no, we will not be notified. They will give a text message. Yeah, <laughs> you, you will not be notified until it's too late for you to dig mm-hmm. yourself out of the hole. Because so what does that mean? It means they can take away everything from you and put you back to square one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, how is... <sighs> How is it still balanced? How is it fair? It's mm-hmm. not fair. It's not balanced. 
it's it, it, so like yeah like it is hard it's hard to be a black man it, is, it will yeah. forever be hard to be a black man the, the, given our history in this world in this country it will forever like it's it's gonna be hard one of my things my mother tells me is like listen whatever business you get hired for just remember that you are a black man and you they, they may be doing 10 percent, but you have to put 110 percent in just because of your skin yeah. color yeah. No matter yep. where you are, who you are, you always have to do more than they uh, they ask for you because so, of your skin, and they're looking for so a reason a, to get rid of you. So here's a funny story. That same manager that said the stuff about the gang, um, mm-hmm. I had one of some of my colleagues. She never told me who. They complained that they don't. They felt like I didn't have enough work um, because I never seemed stressed. Oh, so she, so she that that old chestnut. So she pulled she what? pulled me into a, into a meeting room and said, you know, some of your colleagues are one are worrying what that you don't you clearly have a, a, a smaller workload than them. So she said, what are you working on at the moment? So I listed about five or six projects I was I was working on um, concurrently, and she was like, oh, you've got you've got a full plate, and I was like, yeah. She goes, so yeah. why don't you ever seem stressed? I said, because I know that I've got to work two yeah. or three times harder than they have I'm just not, to get half the recognition that yes. they get. I'm not so, allowed to be stressed. I I'm have not to show exactly. you. Exactly. So she mm-hmm. said, okay, well, I'm going to try and find your breaking point. I said, good luck with that because you yeah. will never find my breaking point. I will never allow you to find my breaking point. Because mm-hmm. that's just, that's just, that's weakness right there. Once she sees it, like, okay. I can get rid of them and we can go back to our predominantly white staff that we always have. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's and that's the thing. We as black men need to be comfortable to be until, until you learn to be comfortable to be the only black face in a space and, and still stand strong as who you are without losing your integrity and who you, and your, your character Mm-hmm. You what you can't progress mm-hmm. because you the the higher up you go in any in the higher up you go in life, you will continue to be in environments that are abnormal to you because yes. you are the only black face there. But mm-hmm. you have to learn to stand strong in those spaces and show who what you're made of. Mm-hmm. Like and I got here. Of, yeah, like I got here because I worked hard and I'm going to continue yep. to work hard, you know, because yep. like not a lot of people have the chances that I've been given. So I'm going to do what I can to stay where I'm at and progress even more. And y'all are not going to stop me, put me down, do whatever y'all want just to get me out of your hair because I'm here to stay no matter what y'all say. Yeah, my reputation for me, my reputation in business is. Is everything. So when I get to a client and I I deliver a piece of work for them. Um, I want them to say nothing but good things about me, my professionalism, the way I work, my knowledge. I want them to know that, Hey, you, you are getting the best. And that means that when I step into a room where I'm the only black face, mm-hmm. I cannot be afraid of being the only black face. I have to make them know that, you can you can look at me and you can be mad as hell if you want to be that a black man is standing here telling you this stuff. Mm-hmm. The fact is, I know my stuff. So yes. either mm-hmm. accept it 
and do what I'm telling you to do or fail and your business doesn't exist anymore. It's your mm -hmm. choice. Either listen to the black man or, 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 or lose everything. Yeah. And I it's, don't it's so hard. It's so hard for them to accept that because yeah. most of those people in that boardroom or in that office, they were like given these opportunities, you know, this is like daddy's friend or mommy's yeah. got a like, you know, a coworker us as black men. We have always worked, grinded all our lives. No matter where we've been through this, the thick and the dirt and the mud, we had to like basically scrape to get where we're at. So like yeah. for them yeah. to get mad at you because you worked your way all the way up here and they've never seen this type of work before. Personally, I'm like, huh, it's funny to me because you're mad because I'm up here doing what I need to do to get where I'm at. And you just basically had a handout and you're upset. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kishon, tell me how you feel about um, this notion that black men are only good to be athletes and entertainers because I still see this. I still see the same thing of young black men only aspiring to be rappers or entertainers uh. and athletes. When uh, yeah. if they put this, if they put the same level of effort into other gifts that they may have, they could be just as successful doing something else. Oh, yeah, um, it, I, I find it appalling that like America shows black men as just rappers or athletes because there are a lot of intelligent and there are a lot of intelligent like black men out there who have, you know, done many great things in the world. You know, we have black scientists, black doctors, black entrepreneurs, yeah. but the image of a black man owning something or like save or potentially saving the world is scary for white America. You know? Me, I'm yeah. I'm a young black man, I'm twenty three years old and I'm also a game designer. You know? Uh, like game design is not a, like usually game design is a predominantly white field. You know, you don't see a lot of yeah. black game yeah. designers out there. You know, but you know, I'm trying. I'm grinding my way, make my way to the top. But yeah. it's not, it's not really, it's not really talked about. You know, like the main thing for black people. When you think of black people, and it comes to careers, the first thing that comes to your mind is either a rapper, a rapper, athlete, or hell, even a scammer. That that's the that's the scariest part. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's interesting. There's like that's a lot real. of yeah, scammers. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So like it's yeah, it's, it's really cool. it's the, the problem is it's just not it's we have these black incredible black people out there it's just not notified or like really upheld to that standard like not white people aren't the only like doctors out there there's black p doctors there's yeah. black mechanics there's black it's there it's just not really shown you know yeah and I feel like if yeah. that if that image is really put out there we can really up we can really you know bring us as the black community up like yo you don't have to just dribble or like dabble in mics you can do anything you want and you'll still be good and great at it and live a happy life yep yeah i agree with that uh, i i take it one step further i think the reason why um i think the reason why that you get a lot of promotion around the um entertainers and the athletes is because and, and not all entertainers but for, for the most part they are owned mm. yes they may have a lot of money yes they yeah. may be, be they may be getting paid a lot but they are owned 
Record yes, labels yes. trade yes, them exactly amongst right. themselves. They are yes. slaves to their to their contracts mm-hmm. in both industries. An athlete mm-hmm. is a, you are only as good as your last contract yeah. in both of those industries. Mm-hmm. So that is why people it's still so heavily promoted because guess who owns the teams that you play for? Yep, the white billion. Guess who <laughs> guess who owns the record labels that yep, you put your music in? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> of course yeah, it's gonna yeah, be promoted. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Like, a lot of black people, like, they see, like, oh, you look at little baby. Look at LeBron. Yeah, he got all this money. He may be showing off and flashing, but at the end of the day, that, those are millions. You should see the person that gave him that money. <laughs> yep. That's yep. the real, that's the real, yep. like, billionaire. Yeah. And I, I won't take anything away from people like LeBron because oh, and, yeah, of, <laughs> of all the athletes that I've ever come across, um, not to say that I've met him personally, uh, but what I mean is that, that we know of. LeBron is probably one of the most inspirational ones that I know of oh, yeah. because Definitely. of what he's done with his wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he hasn't been selfish with it, with it. He's created opportunity. And he didn't give his people handouts. Because mm-hmm. I hate... So I hate these celebrities and athletes that have got entourages of 150 200 people i've got 150 people on my payroll then you dumb yeah oh my god then you're stupid because once your once your contract is up you're gonna go broke taking Mm -hmm. care of all these people that are doing nothing to earn that money Mm -hmm. like because their soul their soul like income is like them rapping or you know balling so, like, yep. you don't have any other source of income other than that contract you've got. So, you're basically getting paid from, like, what you're doing and paying them. So, once yep. they start giving you money, how are you going to pay your employees? You know, you don't really have yep. a, a company. You just got a bunch of people to follow you around and do stuff. Yep. Like, where, where's your residual income at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how are you, you going to sustain this lifestyle? Why do you need... 12 cars. Mm-hmm. It's insane to me. I, 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 unless you got it, you got it. And you, like, if you, like, you know, like, I'm, I, I, that's like Floyd. He could do that. Floyd might be able to do that, you know? But like, Bruh. any other, like, any other, like, small time rapper or like, you know, like, regular, just regular, regular person that, like, has a little bit of money and just like, oh, I got, I can own this. Like, no, sir, you gotta, no, that is not it. That, this ain't that. That ain't <laughs> this. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say it like this. I don't even think Floyd spends money on cars or anything. You've got to know that as a brand, if I had a brand and I had the, the opportunity to give my product to Floyd Mayweather, oh, mm-hmm. for sure I'm giving it to him for free. Because I know that if people see him, driving one of my cars or wearing one of my clothes or whatever, my sales Mm -hmm. are going to go through the roof. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, billionaires do not read. How do people become billionaires? They become billionaires by being the most frugal people on Mm -hmm. the planet. They people think that billionaires and millionaires spend their money frivolously. No, the they, they are the stingiest free. people. <laughs> no, yes, 
Yes. I was watching I was watching this video about this guy who was an artist. And he wanted to do apparently Kylie Jenner's like manager or whatever wanted to hire him to do this little drawing skit. And the dude asked her, well, how much will I be getting paid? And she's like, well, you won't be getting paid, but you will be getting exposure. He was like, exposure? He's like, yes, you know, you're doing it for free. You know what I mean? But if you do this, people are going, going, people are going to know who you are. Who you are. Doing yeah. this skit. So, like, you may, have, you may be doing it for free for her, but I guarantee you hundreds of thousands of people will be like, oh, you did this for Kylie Jenner? Can you do this for me and I'll pay you so-and-so? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, and people don't understand that. People mm-hmm. don't understand that. Once you've got this is this is the important thing. Once you have um, a product or a skill that you can package and sell for value, then you can't go broke. Oh yeah, Mm-mm. because mm. you once you can put and this you know. Let's take you for example. Right now, you are working in the gaming game um, design industry, but mm-hmm. once you've got the experience that you need from your first few roles, you can step out and create your own game studio, mm-hmm. and you have the skill sets that you need to go ahead and and create a legacy. And it's all about building, and you, you're, you're fortunate. You've got, your mum's an accountant, so you've got that knowledge um, mm-hmm. available to you. And I'm sure you, you, her contacts, she can definitely oh, put yeah. you in contact with a, a good team around you. Um, a, a lot of these kids don't appreciate, or a, long, a lot of these young men don't appreciate that in this world, you, you've got one or two ways of making it to the top. You either make it through nepotism and um, being gifted yes. a, seat, a seat at the table, or you learn how to market your skills to the point where you are a commodity that people want to have or, to, or you are a brand that people want to do business with continuously. And for me, I prefer option option B. I want to be that brand. I want to be that guy that has that product that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny. You don't need the whole world to want what you make. No, you, you just don't. need. You don't even need up to 1% of the world. Mm-hmm. No, you and just you, need that. You can live a good life. Mm-hmm. A lot, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's, it's really, it's insane that you can, you can live a good life like you can, there's a lot. There's too much materialism in this world, man. There's still so much materialism in this world, and it's like uh, it's hard to explain it, man. Because as I look at, as I look at, look at life. People, I see mad people with mad Ferraris and like Bugattis and stuff like that. I'm just like, huh, it's a nice car. It's a shame that the dealership's all the way, all the way in Italy. <laughs> so if that thing breaks yeah. down, it's a wrap for you, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, no, for real. Because like the, the the big lifestyle, like I, 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 you know, I, you gotta, you gotta really think about this stuff. You know what I mean? When you get, when you get, when people, when these rich people have these certain things, they can afford it and like afford like what comes with it too. You know, you like a regular person can just buy a Ferrari, be like, yeah, I got a Ferrari. Like 
you you won't think about the mileage like you don't think about the mileage how much money gas takes or if it breaks down your nearest like you know there's no dealership there's no ferrari dealership in new jersey sir like where are you going to go <laughs> yep for real oh for real that is that's real talk mm-hmm. that is real talk man bro Oof. this has been good this has been a good conversation i've started following you Oh yes, I have um, you as well, man. I'll, 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 if you got time, another day we could definitely throw up another topic and have another good uh, conversation. I, oh, I've yes. enjoyed having you as a co-host. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. I enjoyed I'm, it as well. I'm wishing you all the best, man. All the success in in game design. Oh, thank you so much. I, I wish you the same as well, man. All right, bro. I'm a, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna wrap it up today, but um, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if we still got people out there. Oh no, it says we got listeners <laughs> at the moment. Oh well, they they all bounce because we started hey. to talk real stuff. It's all good. It's all good. Don't problem, boss man. You you stay safe, man. I really enjoyed this, man. You stay safe, and hopefully we can yeah. talk about more stuff again. All right, man. All right, bro. Take care of yourself. All right, stay safe, all brother. Right. So there you have it. That was uh, the show that I had on stereo myself and Sean. Keyshawn, Keyshawn Oliver. Uh, I don't know why I keep saying Keyshawn. Keyshawn. That's not the dude's name. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, I don't know why I'm acting crazy today. No, um, forgive me. No, for real. Um, as you can see, it started off as um, it started off one way, and then we went completely in a different direction. And it's cool. And that's what I love about stereo. That's what I love about these conversations. I love it when I get people that actually want to engage in real conversation and talk about real topics because these things that we talk about are happening today these are real situations these are real life events and um we can't grow in life unless we are willing to be transparent in what we're going through we can't grow unless we're willing to share what we're going through we can't grow unless we are willing to voice our opinion on what is going on around us and to sit and discuss as people of as a multi-generational society and to learn from each other i learned from um, kishore today he had um opinions that i didn't expect someone of his age to have and it was refreshing. It was refreshing to know that there was a young man out there that was looking at life in a very different and positive way. And it wasn't just the negativity that I've been exposed to and I've seen continuously um, portrayed on social media and on a variety of platforms. I saw well, I spoke to a young man that felt that he had a purpose, he had a dream, he knew what he was chasing, he was going after it, and nothing was distracting him. Um, he had an opinion on, um, you know, relationships and on whether babies make relationships, and he had a perspective that a lot of people way older than him, do not understand. And that was the importance of communication in a relationship. Um, Listen, it was 
absolutely refreshing. So I want to big up that young man. I want to give him his props. And when I say young man, I, I, I'm not trying to be demeaning to him. Um, you know, I'm almost 20 years older than him. So, um, you know, genuinely, he is he is a young man compared to me. Um, but that doesn't diminish his experiences. That doesn't invalidate his opinion. And that doesn't take away from the value that he added to the conversation. Um so I hope you've listened and you know really taken on board some of the things that he said. Um, obviously, you may choose to disagree with our opinions, but that is that is okay. That is what it's about. This is about healthy debate. This is about um, people coming and sharing their opinions, and, and their opinions may, may never match mine. But let me give you let me give you this. My opinion is founded on my belief. And my belief structure comes from the Bible. My Bible is what underpins everything that I say and do. Um, I am not perfect. This is a caveat of everything that I say. I always, I always, always make it clear and make it known that I believe and understand. I believe that I am not perfect. I know that I am not perfect. I trust that I am not perfect. But I'm not supposed to be perfect perfect because I have a perfect God I have a perfect savior I have a perfect um, person in my corner who is riding for me who sees all that I go through who sees all that I, who hears all that I say and sees everything that I do and loves me in spite of my imperfections and that ladies and gentlemen is why I can live my life as an open book that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I am confident to bring you the daily perspective, because I know that my perspective is underpinned by the word of God. I know that my perspective is is built on a strong foundation. And I, I, I challenge you to, to, you know, to build yourself a strong foundation I, I challenge you to go out there and to see what the word of God has to say about the situations in your life I challenge you to be be open to receiving a new perspective so um, I'm going to be back next week I don't know what we're going to be talking about but I'm sure it's going to be good as usual, I will be recording the episode live on um, stereo, 7 p.m. And um, yeah, the other thing, the other thing, the other thing, I had a really, really good conversation with a gentleman by the name of Brian Tucker from um, Reup Men's Movement. And I think there'll be a special episode coming pretty soon. Um, we're just working some things out, but I am so excited to bring you their story and what they are doing. Um, I love meeting these organisations that are, do, you know, working towards change, and not just not just just ch- any sort of change, change for for men, because I don't believe that men are transparent and open with their emotions as they need to be 
So knowing that there are programs, knowing that there are organizations out here doing this, I'm excited. Anyway, I will be back next week. Um, and until then, I want you to take good care of yourselves and everyone around you. Peace and God bless.